We have two more lives. Boom, and we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you live and direct from the beautiful Smith River in the great state of Jefferson, where freedom still reigns supreme. We love you all, and we're so excited with our guest today. The great Owen Benjamin is on with us today. We're going to go deep into solutions on how to get out of the system, stay out of the system, and uh, say F you to the Borg which is what we're all about. So uh, exciting times right now. So much going on. Um, Bear and I just checked out our rough cut of the documentary coming out on David Icke's platform. Uh, shout out to Bryden Lando for all the hard work editing that. Uh, we'll let the community know when that is coming out. That'll be on the Iconic application, um, which is a great network you can check in on. They've got great content on there. Uh, so please go support David Icke and everything they're doing because uh, they're crushing it. Uh, and yeah, if you guys are new to Alpha Vedic, you can find out all about us at alphavedic.com. That's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. And you can join us on, we're all about community, as you guys know. So join us on our telegram at t.me forward slash alphavedic or on discord at alphavedic.com forward slash discord. And if you're on Cordal, we do have our Q chat live at Alpha Vedic. Get on Cordal. It is our decentralized hub. Uh, get a node set up and start uh, basically joining the real decentralization uh, revolution. We were just chatting right before this started with Owen uh, about uh, some of his homies like David Weiss and uh, and uh, a lot of the those guys in those circles love Pirate pirate chain and of course pirate we are working with to have a direct atomic cross-chain swap capability with pirate very soon here we are currently doing that with doge and uh litecoin no centralized exchange check it out cordal.org last but not least um music and sky we are about to uh, release all the videos and um uh uh the audio version of all the talks there that was an amazing 500 person gathering on the 4th of july uh we did the notices of liability with lena poo uh oh and benny wills was there did an amazing talk uh right. it was just a fantastic camp out a four-night camp out with 500 bright souls unmasked mostly unvaxxed uh, jumping in ice baths, uh, just getting nutty, uh, learning how to start fires and talking about how germ theory is bogus. And uh, just, it was just an epic time, great music. So all of that's going live. You can donate a penny, watch it for free or whatever you want. That'll be on musicandsky.com. Okay, without further ado, uh, let's uh, get right into it. We have an amazing guest today, Owen Benjamin, the world's most banned comedian, joins us on this not-to-be-missed episode. Uh, from upstate New York, which, by the way, my mom, my family's from Binghamton, upstate New York. I've spent a lot of time up there. Uh, wow. Um, uh, to Hollywood, to the country of Idaho, Owen Benjamin has been on quite the journey. Known as many names, including Big Bear and the Bard King of Bertaria, Owen leads an inspiring life of truth and adventure. Uh, he's been crushing since before the days of cancel culture. Rather than folding to the propaganda machine, he has disrupted the industry by creating his own specials, documentaries, media, and businesses, as well as growing a massive following of loving, intelligent people. Owen Benjamin became known for never pulling punches on social media, exposing the industry for being a tool of social conditioning and shameless hypocrisy, basically just for being tools, never letting social status or money get in the way of what needed to be said and what many people quietly agreed with, Owen prioritized truth in comedy above all. 
Owen Benjamin doubled down on truth and refused to compromise or take the path of manipulative money and accolades. As a result, his audience grew rapidly and his live streams began pulling more views than mainstream news outlets, rolling out hours of hilarious content daily. Having this level of reach and influence without giving in to the manipulations to push agendas or avoid topics made Owen a major target for deplatforming from various services involved in the attempted social conditioning of the public. We are excited to have Owen on today to discuss some of the viable solutions he has found to work outside the system. Hey, Bear Lando, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great and uh, couldn't be more excited about this episode. Thanks so much for being with us today, Owen. Uh, you know, I watched your uh, Bertaria, Bertaria uh, documentary and really loved it. You know, it really brought home just uh, just the fact that so many people are wanting out of the matrix. And not only do they want out, but they're willing to just roll up their sleeves and help each other out. You know, they're showing up on your farm there and uh, digging ditches, doing hard labor, uh, you know, and we really enjoy it because we're doing a similar thing here. And we've got people just showing up out of the woodwork here from all over the world. And, you know, they're, they're out there picking leaves right now as we speak, you know, because we're right in the middle of harvest. Uh, you know, I had a guy that just showed up and repurposed my old generator power building into a new chemistry lab and did it by repurposing wood from all over the place. I didn't even have to buy any lumber and the things like a, a work of art. And these guys just show up and just donate. And I almost feel kind of guilty, but they really love doing it. So it's an amazing time we live in. And um you know, I, I, I hesitate to ask you this because this because you've probably been asked a million times. We'd like to hear maybe a little bit about how you got from, uh, you know, Hollywood celebrity into where you're at now. Uh, but before we get started, I have one question for you. Since um, I was actually born a bear, uh, does that actually make me, uh, you, you can know, be bear, part bear. of the bear tribe? Bear, 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 bear. Okay, so I don't have to go through any formal screening process or anything. I'm I'm just in. Is that how it works? Well, there's never any formal screening process. It's just someone asks, <laughs> bear? and I they have to have a bear name, and that's it. And it's so interesting because like the bear name, completely just organically, without even thinking about it, we just started doing it. Like, excavator bear loves excavating, and honey bear likes to make honey. And then I realized that there's this natural desire to shed the straw man identity. And that's why I think people love it so much is I think that it was so organic. People were doing it before I even knew like what that all caps name was and all that stuff where people are like, um, they got real into their bear name because they got to name themselves for the first time in their life. And it wasn't in the matrix. And then they felt a freedom to actually more be more themselves with a bear name. And uh, and yeah, so that's where that came from. So, yeah. It's it's official now, Bear. You're getting welcomed by uh, the community over there. So welcome, Bear Bear. You are official. <laughs> what a great. Uh, there's another one here. That's a great I, I name like on YouTube. There's another one here. I like. It says Born Bear. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah, it's okay. it's only I can't name you. You have to actually come up with your own. So if you want to be Bear Bear or Born, it's all your. It's your choice. Dude, I is think there I might be Born Bear? You're Born Bear. I will use that. I will use that name proudly from now on uh, instead of my other name. Welcome so, uh, Owen, take it away. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. And, and then we really want to get into your whole homesteading thing and what you're doing. You're doing great things up there. So awesome. uh, 
Thanks for being here, my friend. Oh, it's great being here, man. Like my story to get into Hollywood was actually, again, really organic. Like I think some people go into Hollywood because they want to be famous or rich or want attention. It was actually my skill set. It's like my father uh, taught public speech, rhetoric, persuasion, mass communication, and sang opera. So I was a classical piano player who was very used to performing for tips or for like, you know, I was just very artistic. And then my best skill was uh, public speech. And so my mom is very more like the truth oriented type where she was like hardcore for, uh, uh, you know, breastfeeding laws changing when I was a, a little kid. Cause back in the day, for those of you feeling despair right now, there was stuff that used to be way worse where a woman couldn't breastfeed a baby in public. It was considered like literally a crime. And so my mom was part of like this group that, that fought against that. And, you know, we used to have these uh, bumper stickers, you know, breastfeeding ecology with love where she kind of taught me that, you know, to solve really big problems, you go real small where it's like, if you breastfeed a baby, they get your immune system. They get, um, it's a bonding. They don't have to have soy. Like I was exposed to the soy situation when I was like three, my mom was like, you know, this soy, these soy products and Gerber is what's killing these babies. And so when I made soy boy, when I, in 2015, the song, I mean, I knew about that for a long time. And so my dad was more like in the beast, like with skills, like the wizardry of it. He went to Oxford and everything very smart, but you know, has his own problems. And my mom was way more like salt of the earth. So anyway, uh, I'm like, so what do I do with my skill set? And I'm like, I could be a lawyer uh, or I could, you know, keep doing stand up because I was doing stand up in college. And uh, and I didn't want to be a lawyer because that like looked terrible. So my best friend wanted to go to L.A. to be a screenwriter. So I just went with him. I was just rolling. And very quickly, they put me on the show punked because I, I just always did really well on stage. You know, it's not arrogant. It's just, it, you know, I'm six, eight. I can also reach shelves, you know. <laughs> So, so, uh, I would do well at these open mics that were in these, like on a bowling lane or anywhere. I just didn't have the fear that most people had. And that gave me a huge advantage. So I got on the show punked. I was like, that's one reason why I understand certain events so well and how they're, you know, like in the truth or world, I'm watching some on TV and I'm like, oh, this is an episode of punked. Like that's the mark. <laughs> this is how we do it. And so, um, then Adam Sandler saw me open for uh, one of my really good friends, Nick Swartzen, very funny guy. And he put me in uh, Chuck and Larry and then the house bunny I had a big part in. And then, uh, you know, uh, two more movies that he made. And then I got on, you know, Leno and Fallon. And it just, it was very organic. But like one thing I was learning the whole time is about people like I would tour I, like one day I'd be with the Miami Cubans the next day I'd be with like the New York Cosmopolitans then I'd be in Houston with the Cowboys then El Paso with the Mexicans and then so I knew that what they were about to start rolling out wasn't real because I knew what made cultures laugh I knew what actually divides people I I know the the root of human nature like I'd I'd go to Cleveland and do an 80% black room work on all these jokes. So by Sunday, I'm just crushing. And that joke would then offend a white girl. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it, it didn't make any sense. Like it wasn't, I'm like, I go racial because I opened for Julio Iglesias for 30 theaters. Like I, I, I know how to make Latin audiences laugh. I know how to make 
inner city black audiences laugh. They don't, they don't respect fear. You know, it's all about honor culture, like attack is funny. And so then I saw these things rolling out and, you know, David Hogg and uh, Bruce Jenner and all this stuff. And I'm just tweeting away with a few hundred thousand Twitter followers and a blue check mark as if everybody's going to see how funny this stuff is. I'm like, you know, um, Caitlyn Jenner got woman of the year, but hasn't been a woman for a whole year yet. Isn't this mathematically impossible? You know, and everyone's like, oh, how dare you? That was brilliant. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And like, same with showing all the comedians. They did this photo shoot and I wasn't even political. I didn't even care about politics, but I'm just being the bard, you know? And it was like 30 late night comedians all dressed the same, all looking the same. And I said, same stance on everything, same endorsing the same political candidate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, comedy. And that got like 80,000 retweets. No one could, people like, yeah, because they're so smart, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? If half the country doesn't believe in that, why is 100% of comedians all believing the same thing? And I wasn't pushing any side. I'm just, the emperor, the emperor has no clothes. You know, David Hogg isn't old enough, you know. And so they then then they started, they needed to get a narrative around me to start deleting me because I wasn't afraid and I knew the scams because my, um, my piano teacher growing up was, um, you know, transsexual and like was a, you know, I, I started as Lucinda and became Larry, very mystical type, you know, how like one in a thousand people authentically kind of aren't really on the gender spectrum. Like, you know, they're like very, like almost like shamanistic, <laughs> like that was Lucinda Larry, like valid, you know? And then when you see the trans movement rolling out, I'm like, this is all nonsense. I've known about this since I was five, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm like there, what appears to me is they're trying to lower the population, you know? And so, uh, or they're running cover for soy. I'm like, or kids endocrine systems are completely broken from the food system. So this is how they're trying to make people okay with that. And so I got canceled, uh, which just means like no Twitter, no Facebook, no PayPal, no YouTube, no Airbnb, no nothing. And so I, I had just gotten I married at a little baby and I was like, Hey, I, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to pretend that these things aren't real. Cause once you lose your honor, you lose it all. Like what's your purpose in life? So I'm like, okay, if they can, the beauty of all of it, which is why it's always a blessing. Why do not be afraid of canceling. Do not be afraid of watching things burn because I got to see years early that they can take away anything that makes you dependent. I'm like, if they can kick me off PayPal, they can kick me out of a grocery store. And this is 2016, 17. And people are like, oh no, you're paranoid. I'm like, nobody like you can do a crowdfund to buy guns for, you know, I'm not going to like do any buzzwords for the algorithm, but like, but you can't do a crowdfund to shoot a special with a comedian whose criminal record is like two parking tickets. Who's liked by everybody. Like this is insane. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get a goat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got goats. I started, and I, I started realizing that a certain medical procedure for babies that my first two sons had isn't healthy. And so by my third son, we weren't doing it, but I did have that parental guilt of like, what's inside my, my kid. And so I'm like, they're going to eat awesome. So organic, you know, goat milk straight from the teat, 
you know, I started farming chickens and I'm a guy that didn't have my first chicken until I was 36, 37. And now all of our food comes from our homestead. And so they kicked me out of all the comedy clubs, all the theaters. That's when I realized the scam of public private partnerships, because this is the irony about the American government as crazy as it seems when I tour, I'd, I'd book a, um, a theater or a club and I'd pay the money, I'd sell it out. And then they'd kick me out because at the time I was very into private. I still am, but real private, not fake private because board of directors, anybody in debt, they have to follow what the bank tells them to do. So I was effectively banned from all private theaters and comedy clubs. The only place I could go were public libraries because they still had to follow the first amendment and then dudes, barns and like warehouses yeah. and stuff. And so I taped the special reluctant warlord at a guy's uh, wood uh, factory, like wood warehouse and right in the heart of Portland, epic, still friends with all those guys. I started uh, taping specials and like, you know, you're doing great, kid. I taped in uh, uh, an airport hangar in Ohio. And then things got exciting because at first it is scary. And I know a lot of your audience has probably seen it now. No, a lot of you guys are OGs. You know, I know you got the OG stuff where you guys were... <laughs> talking about silver when I was still like, Obama's going to make black and white people get along. So you guys have the OGs that have seen it for a while, but a lot of your audience is probably new to all this. And it's scary where you're like, what could they do to me? The reality is everything when it comes to dependency, nothing when it comes to anything that matters. So then we started unauthorized.tv, me and my friend Vox Day out of Europe. You know, we had our own servers. So People can subscribe to that. Then we started, um, you know, Bertaria Times app, which is our own app. No truth or talk or politics. It's as if it's as if that world doesn't exist. It's the good, the true, the beautiful, like a five-year-old could be on there. Yeah, it's you know, great. And then, and then community started um, building where there's bear meetups in every state now all the time. They started their own farmer's markets. And I was joking with my wife. I'm like, you know, and I, was, I was looking at like 100 people all hanging, kind of like what you guys just did with the ice baths and all that. And uh, and we're joking. She's like, you don't have to leave to tour anymore because <laughs> they're just doing it on their own. You know, there's like all over the world too: Australia, Israel, Brazil. Everywhere. Well, that's why we did Music in Sky, because I, I come from a DJ background and I was sick of seeing what happened in the DJ festival world, because that became corporatized and taken over from the underground rave days back in the day. Uh, so our friends were like, let's just make our own. Let's just do our own thing, because why give into this? So that's we ended up just putting all the effort in throwing our own festival with no masks and everything. And we took took the risk. And it was amazing. The vibe was great. We had like a protection shell over us, bro. And like everyone's like, oh, you're going to get raided or people. Someone's oh. going to, you know, and it's like, no, it was beautiful from the minute it started to the minute it ended. And it was just perfection so yeah go create it go create it yourself guys sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but that is the well, way it's funny you bring up the dj world because I'll, I'll leave some names out of this because i don't want to bring heat to anybody but like literally one of the biggest djs in the world one of the most wealthy djs in the world like dm me once before i got kicked off instagram was like you're living the dream bro because like that spirit of the rave back in the day or like the underground like going to yeah. a dj shadow concert in 98 yep. you know those guys still want that even the, if they live in these castles, they still will look at dudes like us and be like, that's that's the way to live. You know, like even with hundreds of millions of dollars, they're the most angry about this, where they're like yep. hitting play and watching just chemicals fall on a bunch of wasted chicks. They're like, Ugh. they hate. I mean, yep. the good ones hate it. 
I know, and I I might even know who you're talking about because there's a couple super awake big names that have privately messaged us and we tried to book them. They're like, ah, not quite yet. One of them's (laughs) in Europe, one of them's moved to LA. But no, you're right. And look what's happening. They're like playing virtual festivals and and like, yeah, just playing Vegas, man. Oh my God, my Vegas residency. And it's just so like dead. You know what? It, what's funny is it's the dead, right? When you're talking about the the fake private, those are, that's just, those are corpses. Those are, those are the walking dead that you're in that fake private where you're, what we're talking about is real life, real living private. Exactly. That's why it's cool what you guys are uh, trying to do with, um, actual private crypto. Cause right now all I see is the scam, like the Bitcoin, all that stuff. They're doing the corporation private, which is corpus oration, the words of the dead. You know, if you know your Latin, cause I like I'm homeschooling my kids. So I'm not learning Latin cause I want them to learn Latin. And, um, I think English is pig Latin. I think that they they're making fun of us. They say it's Latin for the pigs and we're the pigs. Yeah. It's, the yeah. Royals actually call it dog Latin. Dog, there it is. Or dog tags on the military. It's very, it's very mean spirited. And once you see it and you realize they can't really do anything unless you cross into their cartel territory, you know, like if you try and do a competing, I don't know, like there's, there's certain areas where if you go into their car, like you start, you try to market like the actual cure to some of these ailments, like they do have, there's, you know, there's things that can happen, but if you stay like, I know dudes and I'm sure you guys know some of these dudes that can like pull energy out of the air. And as long as you don't like try and sell it in their world, they just stay invisible. Cause it's like, it's almost like right out of, um, <clears throat> um, Tolkien where it's like the ring is the corporation where it's like, I'm now invisible to any of my, like what I'm doing. You're now invisible, but you're not really invisible. Like the old, you know, empty Kings now can see you in this dark world. And it gets addicting. <laughs> you know, I think that's what the corporation is. It's like you, you're you're invisible and immune to any liability and you think you're you're crushing. But in reality, you know, you're going to get got, you know, that's why the world of the real private with the real living man requires so much discipline and morality because you're doing it like you're accepting that you're the one doing it like you're alive. And that's intense for a lot of people. That's why I think it requires high morality and high level of honesty because these corporations are well, just it, hiding what well, brings back the the spirit you know of of the old settlers the pioneers people that you know actually love the adventure and you know in your situation it's great you know they they try to control by censorship but in in fact what they ended up doing is launching you into a whole new career that's probably going to end up being larger than what you were doing in the first place so is. what do you think yeah. And what do you think about, uh, you know, just the fact that alt media and all the people that are, you know, following similar paths are just kicking the crap out of the, the legacy media and, and entertainment industry. And, um, you, you know, so any thoughts on that as far as, you know, the momentum that's happening now and is, is uh, the legacy just going to disappear on itself pretty soon? Absolutely. I mean, you're very in the natural world. I'm very in the natural world. It's a lot like pulling dandelions. It's like, be careful what you pull. You just blew a dandelion. Now there's a thousand dandelions. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. like when you're actually doing organic pastures, which is what I'm currently doing, watch out for weeds because I don't spray anything. So it's a whole art form where when you pull at the wrong time, you just made a thousand more. And that's what I, I think they're so detached from the natural world that they don't realize they keep doing that over and over again. 
Well, um, uh, well, they're also they push scarcity, right? That's their whole model, is because that's exactly. how they maintain the prison or the the animal farm. Really, Orwell's animal farm is so on point because it's like you choose to be the animal in the farm. You can just jump over the fence and leave, but most people are still in the pen because they want the feed. They want they want everything that the the farmer is giving them. But it's all scarcity, right? And where if you get out of that and go to abundance, which is inherently natural it's so easy because it's like you're saying you have problems with too much abundance because one little blow and then it's like boom and that's really what reality is but they've tricked most people into the scarcity mindset oh dude 100 percent. it's like false scarcity is the whole scam and yep. it's like i don't know if you guys have seen my video about milking goats and how it's the financial system have you ever seen any of those yes very where i good. literally it's it's so they are just farming people and before you like, you know, get really upset at your like sheeple ant that won't see it or whatever, a lot of animals, you could leave the gate open and they don't want to leave. They like the food. Exactly. You know, so you take like pornography and corn syrup. Like I did this whole metaphor where you put <laughs> it in the milker and that round, round, round. And then you get them in debt. You close the thing over their neck and then you take their children's future, which is their milk. And then you... You, you start doing all these like narratives around like, oh, the guard dog's really your, your enemy. But, you know, and when you see it, it's so obvious. And some people want that and that's okay. You know, I'm not, that's the irony of like consent and force is like, if somebody wants to live in that world, that's their choice. Some people, that's their path. It is what it is. But some people don't want to live in that world. And you just have to accept that where it's like, I'm talking about animal versus human. You guys ever read the book Dune? Oh God, yeah. You know they okay. have a new, they have a new movie coming out too. Of course, they're tweaking it and disturbing it. Have you seen that the trailer for no, it? Oh, they're probably trying to hide the the crazy truth of Dune, like the gum jabar. The word jab is in it. Yeah. You guys remember? Have you guys put this together yet? Yeah, where it's like, oh yeah. So the initiate puts his arm in an illusion, where this woman says, "You're gonna feel like your arm is on fire and the world is ending, but it isn't." And an animal will pull his arm out because he can't override instinct. And then we will hit you with a gum jab R and kill you. And so the human can override that. And then he sees that he isn't, his hand is okay. And there is well, no- and, and that's why humans have disease because where animals typically don't, unless they're owned by humans, right? In the natural world, this is what we talk about all the time. Our consciousness, we're so crazy in what we do to ourselves <laughs> that we make ourselves sick. While in the natural world, animals, if we're not messing with them, they don't run around with cancer and, and neurological issues and all that. No, they're, they just live abundant life. And then they decide when, oh, I'm going to go by getting taken out. A gazelle's going to get taken out by a lion or whatever. That's totally. how it's supposed to work. Yeah, it's really <laughs> and we're the only. Go ahead, Bear. I was just going to say, we're the only species that uh, believes that we have to earn a living. I know an urn, you know, is the same word as where you put your ashes when you're dead. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, for your weak end, W-E-A-K end. Yeah. It's really that's your sentence. Great. That's what you give a prisoner. The wizardry never ends. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I totally, I totally, because like one thing that really broke the germ narrative spell for me is having a ton of animals like alpaca, cows, chickens, goats. They'll die if they're, they can be cold, they can be wet, they can't be cold and wet. And th so they'll die if they're alone or if they're cold and wet or if they have toxic toxicity in their water or food. That's it. Other than that, I've never lost a goat. Like I've never lost a cow. I've never, I, I lost one alpaca crea 
because she was born in a cold rain and died. It's like, so they'll do these like, oh, bird flu and all this. I'm like, I think why the, it perpetuates. And I think the um, accountability that we have to accept is a lot of people just don't want to accept that they didn't do something properly for their chicken. So they're like, oh, it's the bird flu. I'm like, you sure you didn't change? You didn't change the water for the last two weeks. You think that maybe they were, you know, did they just eat a very toxic plant? And they're like, oh, no, it can't be me. So it's just China. And you're like, okay, that's how this all works. You're offloading liability. You know, it's just the, the boogeyman. And animals would never eat a toxic plant in nature because they already instinctually know not to do that. You know, that's the thing too. So even when people, they, what they do is they try to demonize nature as nature is inherently flawed. And nature as part of nature is that, you know, that's why we get sick because there's things out there trying to get us. No, nature is inherently God's perfect divine will that's yeah. created in a way where it's abundant. And so it's us messing with it with up here and they control and mimic that. I mean, they control that and they use that against us. And it's so brilliant when you can get out. That's why we love the whole germ theory uh, wake up call, because I think that is one of the big ones that people can wrap their head around. They realize, whoa, I'm not a victim to invisible things that can make me sick. It's me making myself sick or or other humans that are preying upon me that are making me sick. But uh, do you know what uh, ger uh, ger uh, uh, Germanic new medicine is? Owen, have you heard of this one at all? Yeah. Um, well, I'll let Bear explain that, but what's brilliant about Germanic New Medicine, which we talk about a lot, is even all that stuff, the toxic stuff they're supposedly getting us with, we can supersede all that with our own divine will and our own spirit and our own knowledge and our own wisdom. Uh, so that is a big truth drop, too, that we like to talk about, and it really is all just self-empowering in the end. It's like, whoa, we're in control of everything, and they've just, they've just used their wizardry to, to make it seem like we're not. Well, here's another thing about the toxic plants is not only – they will eat them, but in small amounts, it's anti-parasitic. So it's like, like we have a really poisonous to animal plant on our farm and I've been like trying to get it out. And I saw some of the animals nibbling at it and I was like, oh no, we're going to lose Betsy. And then I realized with enough land, a little bit of some of these uh, plants, I looked into it, it actually functions as a dewormer because uh, it's all about, so what, when an animal will eat too much of something and die is when they're put in a it's again about scarcity where it's like, if you, if you put them in a small area, it's kind of like the, the mouse that kept doing cocaine until it died. The mouse wouldn't do that in nature. It only does it in captivity. So an animal would eat weeds until it died. If it was only given a small area and couldn't find anywhere else. And so then people say, Oh, well, that just proves it. It's like, no, in nature, the mouse would do the Coke, get some bad ideas about businesses for a minute and then just run away. <laughs> And not go back, you know, but in a little cage, that's why a lot of this science is so nonsensical, because if there's no community for the mouse and they're just in a little agenda 21 cage, they're going to do the coke until they die. And but that isn't nature. That doesn't prove that everybody's addicted by nature. It's that we're self-destructive alone in a little box, which doesn't exist in nature. Yeah. And, and isn't it interesting that people only buy the fallacies in the narrative, uh, you know, when they're really heavily urbanized, you know, because they've been exactly. so disconnected. And, uh, you know, when you look at people that live more rural lifestyles, natural lifestyles are connected to the earth. They just have that natural common sense and that intuition. And just like animals, you know, uh, through resonance, they just 
read the plants and, and their, their body just attracts them to like residents of what they need. So it's no problem, but you pen somebody up and you just limit their options and that's, what's going to happen. Exactly. Well, the science has also tricked people in believing that this is a closed system like that, like the, like the mouse trapped in the box, but this is an open system. It's a holistic system. It's open. It's a large plane of openness. Everyone's connected and it's, it's divine, right? It goes up many, many levels. And of course, scientism and materialism likes, wants us to think that we're in a closed system and that everything is confined to, the, to their rules and to the scientific parameters that they give us. And that's why people are sick too. So it's like that mouse the analogy is perfect, bro. Yeah, have you so, seen the mouse oh, and, experiment? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Born Bear. No, no, you go first. I was going to ask your question, but you finish your thought. Well, just the mouse utopia experiment, that's why the urban environment is so insane. And I, I used to live in Los Angeles for 16 years, and looking back, a lot of my views were because I lived in such an unnatural situation. They took all these mice, and they gave them all the food they wanted, and they put them in this, like, really confined area. And within like two generations, they were all like gay cannibals. And then they all died <laughs> because they started preening themselves. They no longer like behave like mice. And then they all started developing like, I swear to God, dude, you can watch it on YouTube. It's from the seventies. It's like, uh, they started developing like gay relations. Like they stopped breeding and then they started eating each other and then they died. And there were the mouse utopia experiment. The population went like this and then it went to zero because they weren't living, they were just being pumped full of like unearned food and they just self-destructed. And I just thought that was, because that was replicating an urban environment. And so that's why, that's the last place you wanna live is in a major city. It looks Absolutely. like, uh, so, it looks like D-Live kicked us off, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, great, must be a good uh, chat then. Yeah. So Owen, I was gonna ask you uh, what the State of the Union in Idaho is. Uh, in the 60s, you know, I went to school at Washington State in Pullman there. So we used to hop up to Idaho to Coeur d'Alene. And, you know, a few years back, I drove up there to take care of a, a client that was in a bad way. And um, I, was, I was amazed because I hadn't seen it in all those years. And, and now there's like box stores and, and you know, discount outlets and all that kind of thing. I was, I was pretty shocked, but, um, and I know there's been a great influx of, uh, California people in there. So is there a similar polarization happening there now? Is it, what's it creating? Yeah. Coeur d'Alene definitely has that polarization. It's a lot, it has the, the, what, what's it called? The, the privileges that usually draws that type of people. That's why I like to live in an area that doesn't have a lot of privileges like the only clothes store around me is either like a walmart at some point or a farm store so that's a good sign uh so i live outside of sandpoint and that's been good um i the the best part about north idaho is it's so rugged and there's like fires and there's horrible storms in the winter and there's black outages and uh it's hard to get cell reception and that's what i like because that is going to keep out uh the mouse utopia people but Coeur d'Alene, mm -hmm. no, they have a they have a lot of um, they have a lot of dependency there now, and so that's usually how it happens. But I don't. I think in the next few years, I'm I'm not a doomsday. I'm super optimistic, but like I don't see how they can continue on this path. So I I could see a lot of those discount box big box stores just becoming, you know, empty. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah like, there's there's nowhere to go. 
who goes There's to malls where to go anymore? From where we're at now, unless they just kill everybody, which is, I think, what they're trying to do. It's the, yeah, yeah. it's the only end game plan they have. Yeah, yeah, that's what I see too. I see it as like the end of a Ponzi scheme. What do you do? You know, you can't. You, they're defaulting on every promise they made to get our ancestors off the farm. And what do they do? You know, it's it's a good state to be in that they're not just like serial killers who personally hate us and they're out to get us and they hate our kids and all that. They're like that, that movie where the guy's in too deep and they're lying. And, and it, at any point they're, you know, I see the people managing the system as like, you know, that those mob movies where the guys at his last leg, like just like usually Steve Buscemi plays that character where they're like, dude, can we just, how do we, you know? And and I think that this is one of the ways they're doing it. I don't want to talk about some of the topics and get you guys a strike or anything, but I think the push of a certain situation right now clearly reeks of, um, you know, burning down the ship that's sinking, you know? And, you know, early on in my career, we were admonished to never give anybody the cootie shot, you know, in their first two years of life because their system was just too delicate. I, I, um, opted to not give it to my kids. So they've never, you know, been jabbed and we homeschooled. I, I actually delivered awesome. my own kids in our bedroom at home and kind of, you know, kept them sheltered as long as I could. Uh, and now all of a sudden it's normal to just uh, give like 60 or 70, you know, in the first couple of years. And now, of course, they're paving the way very obviously to give this new thing that even the creators of this, uh, cocktail, you know, admit it's not even a traditional cootie shot. It's actually uh, genetic therapy. So this is really some scary stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Like it's to the point where I'm just like, you know, I focus on, you know, building Bertaria because <laughs> I I'm just, I can't even like talk about it with, with the good news about my area is nobody here has uh, taken the jabba jabba ding dong that I hang out with. So that's a testament to people's mental state. And I hang out with cops and, uh, you know, people on the city council and farmers and, you know, I maybe a few people, but it's so rare up here that it's, it's really good to see because uh, it's such a mind virus. Like when people are, they have no memory. It's almost like they're, they're goldfish. Like they don't remember the promises that were made two years ago and where we are now. It's as if they're just, They've been taken hostage by a guy with a van and they're like, daddy's going to make everything. Okay. I'm like, he's got a clown mask on and he's holding a gun. And they're like, daddy wouldn't hurt me. I'm like, okay, man, I'm going to get a greenhouse and I will uh, see you guys later. And so um, that's why you don't have to do anything to any of these people, which is the good news. You know what? like building your own stuff is the move, but like a lot of people are like, Oh, they're coming. We got to do something. We got to go protest or react or I'm like, no, no, they're only hurting themselves. Like when I was quote unquote kicked out of Hollywood, all these comics turned their back on me or stabbed me in the back, you know, like the Ides of March. It was just like, everyone got a, a stab in to virtue signal to the overlords that they should still get their million dollar Netflix specials. And that I was the bad man, even though I was in their wedding party, you know? And at first I was mad and I was like, man, these guys. And then now two years, three years, four years later, I look back and they'll, and I'm like, what are their lives like? They might be able to perform in front of a 10th, the size of the audience, 
spread out wearing masks. They can't tell the truth. They like now have to be jab a jab a ding dong to go on a stage. I'm like, who who really won and who really lost? And so with time, you see a lot of the worst cowards and the worst actors, they only hurt themselves. And if you hold the line and you keep, you know, knowing what's true and doing what's right, it's like your future's fine. Their future is not only bad, you're gonna feel pity for your worst enemy at some point. You'll look at them and be like, man, what happened to you? The fact that truth towers comedians are now they can't talk about one of the greatest lies they've ever seen. You know, what are they going to talk about? Airplane food? Like, it's gone. It's over. <laughs> like, you, there's nothing to do. Like, how can you be a healer who doesn't heal or a comic who doesn't get laughter? And you look out at your audience of masked up, like, scared people. That I just, I don't see how that's doable. And I wouldn't trade my life for theirs at all. And I think that that's one of the best things that came from these crazy times. And you know they'll be following you pretty soon uh, when the you know when it really starts hitting the fan. It was uh, I, I was amazed at uh, your documentary when I watched it. You know the first part where you had clips of some of your old colleagues and they're speaking about you in public like you you passed uh, passed on or something. It's you know yeah. it's just this sadness. We want the old Owen back and uh, just incredible. Yeah, they were doing they were attacking publicly constantly. Even Joe Rogan, who had me on, the reason I make fun of him a lot is because at the time I was very grateful that he had me on. And then later I realized that he was doing the gatekeep, you know, where he was creating the narrative to get me banned, where he was like doing a social media intervention where he's like, I love you, man. You know, I love you. Uh, but like, you, you got to handle yourself better on social media. I'm like, which joke, Joe? Like, which joke isn't right? And they don't, you know, that's why the, the funniest part is the way, but he was doing the gate. He was virtue signaling to all the other comedians. Like he's wrong. Don't stand behind him. And then when I was kicked off, Joe was silent. And then I realized the whole point of that gatekeep where it's like, Oh, you know, because they couldn't have just kicked me off. It would have been too jarring. And if the comedians all were like, we're going to go somewhere else. We don't like Twitter anymore. You can't do jokes. They wouldn't have been able to socially program the world. And so that was actually some of the worst betrayal was to pretend to be someone's friend and then create that narrative and then just go silent and let everyone stab. And I was like, and they pretended I was crazy. They pretended, Oh, he just ran off into the woods. Oh, he's now a racist. He, he magically just became, uh, you know, filled with hate. It's like, do you have any quotes? And they're like, Oh, I, how dare you just watch any of it. He's so unhinged. I'm like unhinged, man. Who's your favorite comedians? They're like, Oh, you know, George Carl and Bob. I'm like, you don't see any, like, like when they're ranting on stage about, I'm like, this is what we do for a living. You liars. And so <laughs> it's like, it's probably like that in the medical world or the health world where it's like, okay, autism goes from zero to uh, one in eight after blah, blah, blah. And because of that, and no one's going to talk about it. We're all just going to pretend that we're going to raise billions of dollars to cure cancer and it doesn't seem, and now the Johnson Johnson's going to put carcinogens in one product and then sell the cure in another product. And no one's going to talk about that. It's like the good news is for the truth. People is like, where did they go? They only go down and you can keep crushing. You're going to get opposition. You're going to get uh, some hard times, but the hard times is what makes life livable. You know, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. No one would watch 
Star Wars if it was just Luke and his uncle farming for three movies on that one planet. It's like, <laughs> you got to have Darth Vader to, to reveal the legend. That'd be a great YouTube channel, though. <laughs> it's just Uncle Owen and, and <laughs> yeah. Luke Skywalker. Just, just farming water. Dude, the craziest thing is I had a great, uh, a great grandfather named Ben Kenobi, and my name's Owen. It's really weird. Oh, that's a, that's a that's a weird Mandela effect or something. There's something weird going on with the reality there. Yeah, ben not a Mandela effect, like but something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Weird. Bizarre. Yeah, the whole you know Joe Rogan. Someone in the chat said he's his worst enemy, and yeah, I mean, really, most comedian. I mean, where is comedy now? I mean, we just lost a legend, Norm Macdonald, this oh, week. One of my favorites. That. That dude, you would know better than I. I mean, I I worked a little bit in Hollywood in an in independent side and lived in L.A. and DJed in Hollywood for over a decade. So I was in the scene. I used to go to the store, you know, every now and then and hang out with those crowds and actually tried to have Joe uh, in one of our reality shows. Ended up actually, you know, we ended up casting was, you know, Theo Vaughn. Yeah, I know Theo. Yeah. Yeah. And straight up legitimate, great human being when I would hang with him. And it seems like he still is. I don't know. I don't know if they've gotten to him. Daywalker. He's one of those guys like, like I'm like, uh, if you watch the beginning of the documentary, Theo was one of the guys that publicly acted like I was crazy, mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, I'm doing Sam Tripoli's tinfoil hat in a week or two. Oh, we're nice. Gonna, we're going to make up. I'm going to show the people that people can disagree and everything's cool. Like Theo isn't evil. Sam isn't mm -hmm. evil. Like they aren't, they were scared. And I understand yep. that now. Um, and yeah, Theo is always a guy I root for. I even root for Joe Rogan. I mean, our battle isn't with people. I know it sounds like preachy or whatever, but it really isn't. It's like the real evil is in the emptiness. And it's like, so you can rate people on how bad their intention are. You know, you have some comedians that are trying, that are just so bad intention. And then you have like the Theos and the Sams who uh, probably were just scared to lose a platform or they didn't want to be associated with somebody so that they could stay on their platform. Like, I hope Theo has a good life. Like, he's really funny. I always liked hanging out with him. I went to Mexico with him. Like, he used to open for me sometimes. He's like, I have dude. real history with all these people. I did Joe Rogan three times. Bert Kreischer did the same thing in the public. Nobody said, oh, so what joke are we so offended about with Owen? The whole community just were like, they either went silent or they stabbed. Norm Macdonald was the best comedian alive. He was one of the only guys that I can name that maintained what a comedian is up until his death. And so it was the first time I ever cried for the death of a celebrity that I wasn't close with was Norm Macdonald. Like I was like weeping because he wasn't, there's the comedian that tries to convince the crowd they're funny. And that's all you see now, even Dave Chappelle, the guys with huge talent, you watch what he's doing now and you're like, Oh, okay. So you're using your comedy to push the agenda. Even like Dave Chappelle stole one of my big jokes about the LGBT thing where yeah. you start with the L's, then the G's and the B's yeah. and then the T's. That's my joke. I was doing years before him. And he made your joke worse. Yours was he a made lot the joke worse. He did it yeah. to push yeah. the agenda. And I'm like, there's this special place in hell. I'm not saying who's going to hell or not. That's I'm not doing that. But like, while you're alive, the hell realm of frequency what are you doing? It's like you take a joke that has the vibration of like truth and, you know, letting people release this hellish existence and you make it like oppressive. You know, it's like what they do with music. They do it all the time. You know, it's like, 
I used to do bits about uh, Canon and D, you know, like, like Canon and D and how you can sell anything with it. <laughs> you know, like how it's like this, this Christmas, give her what she's wanted all year, dish soap. Get her back in the kitchen where she belongs. And that's where she knows she belongs. You know, and I, and it, it was, it's so powerful that I did it in an award show and Anne Hathaway right after was like, is anyone else here a huge Owen Benjamin fan now? This was the joke she was reacting to. This November, when she goes off to vote, ask yourself, why does she get to vote? They didn't used to vote. And then there was a vote to see if they could vote that they could not vote in yet. How did we lose that vote? And meanwhile, it's like the audience is all the Hollywood elite. They're all laughing hysterically because I'm right. It's it's magic trick. It if you do this, you know, Alexis, put a big red bow on it. So she doesn't realize it's just a Toyota that costs 20,000 more of debt money, you know? And so, because music's so manipulative. Or you could say like the best stuff to this, be like, honey, we're pregnant, you know? And it feels dark. And so this is just witchcraft, yep. it's just rhetoric, no different like this. That's all it is. It's the same chords as Eight Mile. This, if you had one shot, that's just Jaws. Something's coming, you know? And so you have these emotional triggers and then you can put anything over top. And it's like so obvious. And so I'll do these jokes and everybody knows it's funny. And then when, you know, the call comes in from Mount Olympus that I'm not going with the agenda, all these cowards and liars um, just like have to destroy my name. And then you'll go on these message boards and I'm sure your chat is like, Oh my God, Owen's a shell. He's a racist. Uh, like I, they have to either be paid or like, I don't know what is even motivating them anymore, but it's just like, they have to take down your name if you don't go with what they say. And so that's why that whole world is so crazy. You know? Well, that's the real, what we've always said, that's the real virus. So, and the real virus is the hate the hate that people have because they're living immoral or amoral lives. And that creates a tension in their resonance. And so they're attracted to others who have that same tension. I used to live, dude, I DJed in Hollywood in some darkness, bro. Yeah. And I thought it was cool to go to these after parties. And I, it was funny. I actually sold shoes to Anne Hathaway. She's short, right? Really short. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, and uh, it was like always I went to these things because it was the cool thing to do. And I always felt this weird pit in my stomach, like, you know, two in the morning and there's Kanye or I, I mean, I remember Prince was in the club and everyone was excited. And I was just like, I felt this weird darkness always. But I went through the motions because it was what was supposed to be cool. Right. Like I'm living my dreams is what I always wanted to be DJing in these cool spots. And then now I'm just out like trying to figure out the best ways to get the most yield of my tomatoes. And I feel right. freaking amazing. And I'm talking to this dude Waller who's, who, who is just like never left this little town. And that guy's funnier than almost every comedian I ever met in the scene. The funniest people I know are plumbers, you know, uh, work in the fire department, blue collar dudes that nobody knows and are way funnier than almost anybody on stage. And I know Bear can attest to this too in his life. You know, that's like, it's so funny, man. Uh, yeah, anyway. no, like the people, like there's tons of people that are funnier than me. It's just not in the stand up comedy world. Those guys all just took the ticket. Yeah, and then yeah. I'll meet someone in my day to day life and I'm just dying laughing. That's one reason why I think that my community is so tight is because, like, I'll listen to them and work on, like, I'll like promote their jokes, you know, like all these cartoonists, like Mountain Bear, Be Grateful Bear, all these bears are making 
top level comedy, like better than Netflix. And because I'm not this insecure shill, like a lot of these other comedians, I show everyone, I'm like, check this guy out. Look at red pill rooster. What he's doing out of here, you know? And, and the amount of talent in like the average person, quote unquote, average person is way bigger than Hollywood. I think I also felt the darkness in Hollywood, but fortunately for my world that kept me there for a while and kept me kind of oblivious is I would stay till four in the morning at the improv and you would be at a bar with some of the smartest, best writing comics in the world. And the vibe was awesome. It wasn't. And then you go to like one of these, you know, premier parties in one of those places. And I'd leave immediately. Like people get mad at me. They're like, dude, I got you this ticket. Why are you leaving? I'm like, I'm going to the improv, man. Yeah. You know, because the community was like, it, you know, as much as I can't stand Hollywood now, and even looking back in retrospect, I can see how bad it was. There was something really cool about going on a stage, seeing what could make the audience laugh, going to the bar, having drinks, you know, riffing, talking with like some of these really smart people. And that was fun. But once you went out of that, once you went to anywhere with like, where it was just based on status and money and all this stuff, it was like a hell world. And so, yeah, I'm sure like the DJ, yeah, I'm sure that was, I've been, I've seen some of that stuff too. And I was just like, what do people do here? Like, I can't even hear what you're saying. It's too loud. So anyway, Caitlyn Jenner, you know, <laughs> so, going and, through the motions, man. It's like, what do you look like? What are you wearing tonight? Who do you know? It's literally brainless zombified behavior, you know, and you're paying $20 for a toxic uh, little uh, cocktail. It'll make you sick. It's just, right, yeah, yeah, it's wild, man. Now we know what we do. It's like we, I, we, the event we did, it's all like, like we we're talking about breath work and we were take, drinking like teas and sitting around, talk, <laughs> going deep into Tartaria and flat earth and like, awesome. you know, and it's like, that is what is so much fun. And people are really attracted to that now. I really believe that's like the new, going to be the new fun, right? It's figuring so, out like so making organite and stuff. <laughs> so are we going to see uh Bertaria part two pretty soon? And uh, is that in the works? Oh yeah. We're uh, we've been shooting it for the last three weeks. I didn't tell anybody that I got the band back together and we're now doing cordwood cabins. It looks sick. I'll send you. A oh video. yeah. But it's like, so uh, are the, uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I've been talking like a maniac. No, no, no. I was going to say in uh, part one there, you're building those cabins. So are those all done now? Uh, one of them's done, but the, all the framing and roofing is done for six. And um, uh -huh. it, and so, because we got really into cordwood cabins, it's huge, very labor intensive, but it's awesome. We're all about like old world technology, like you're talking about Tartaria. Like we got real mm -hmm. into looking at geopolymers and how things will like get stronger over time with like winter and summer. And so we figured out this awesome mix with lime and sand. And so we get like dried cordwood and we, it looks, I'd love to show you a picture, but it's just so cool. And so we've been up there uh, shooting the next dock and building. And I didn't tell anybody for a while because I didn't want the media attacks and all that stuff that came the first time, but that made the, it gave the documentary a really good um, uh, drama to it. You know, that as we're building just people in a, in a woods, figuring out how to build cabins so we can hang out. The global, I was on the front page of Yahoo as a cult leader. I was on the front page of Daily Beast <laughs> and Daily Dot and Daily This and Daily That. You know, Daily Mail did a whole thing about how I'm starting uh, a compound with like paramilitary. Like, it, it, 
the one of the best parts about the doc, and if you guys want to watch it, it's at buildingbertaria.com or unauthorized.tv, is it shows how the media actually works, where it's just like one blogger, one angry little guy that we actually went to his place and interviewed him, and he admitted he did no research on me and he was lying. The it guy just, in the wheelchair. Yeah, fake wheelchair. I don't even think he needs a wheelchair. Like FDR, I think it's all a scam. But it just kept falling upwards where the next level would report on it, like, uh, you know, a local paper, because it was a confirmation bias. They wanted me to be the bad man. They wanted these fantasies that everybody that isn't obsessed with the system is like violent, which I'm not. And it's like, and then it just kept falling upwards until I'm on the front page of Yahoo. And it's literally quoting a guy who got his information from a Reddit troll hive that were just lying and it was unverified completely. And so the good news is that it didn't work. People at this point, the world's so inverted that if these newspapers like uh, Media Matters and all these people that attack me, when they attack, they're like, oh, this guy's probably cool then. It has the opposite effect because everyone now knows that- Well, they're just they're just writing to the echo chamber of the people that, that none, none of our people read that. So all they're doing is giving it to the people who doesn't even matter. Right. So it's it's hilarious. And they're just LARPing and they're all, and now that we see like how scared and weak they are, it's like, dude, you know, do your thing, have a LARP fantasize about me compound. It's like, then you, you watch the documentary and it couldn't be more American. Couldn't be more like rugged individualism. You know, it's just, we are drinking milk and, and building and it's like, and it's family oriented and all the testimonials and the, quality of bear bears in this community is really high. And so they still keep trying. They just keep pivoting narratives, but you know, it's just, uh, you know, people like the guy, the devil hates, so it doesn't really work, but it has caused a lot of, um, hiccups and a lot of headaches that I didn't need. So that's why this time, um, I didn't tell people as we were doing it, but part two, and then part three is going to be my next, uh, comedy special is going to be recorded in, are on our property, we're building an amphitheater and we're going to record it right there. Yeah. So that's going to be the full uh, thing. And so I'm, I'm trail, I'm trying to trailblaze. So a lot of other comics can uh, start climbing again, because I don't want to be the only guy doing it. It's, it's like, it's not really like a fun feeling to be like, okay, so man, I can't wait to hear what Chappelle says. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. And they're all Borg mind. So there's a lot of young guys and a lot of people that I know fell in love with comedy the same way I did, where it's a way to tell the truth with joy and without fear. And they're looking for a way to get out of this hell. And I think that I've gone so big with, you know, independent living and stuff like that. You know, you don't have to build your own amphitheater in an Idaho wilderness. But if I go that big, their struggle isn't as crazy. Like just figuring out how to get stage time in their local club when compared to me, they're normal, which is my goal. Yeah. No, you make a great point, though, about, you know, the beauty of what's going on right now is that it is time to get as independent as possible. And the, the whole normie culture, just leave it. And that's great uh, that you're doing that and giving people a platform because I'm sure there's a lot of people in the bear community that, like we said, those blue collar guys, right? The plumber dude, the guy who's so funny. Maybe he wanted, wants to get up and do five minutes uh, at this thing at your place. And all of a sudden now he's got a whole new hobby that turns into something that's enriching his life that he would have never had 
in the old system because he's a good person. So this is a beautiful thing that's happening out of the nonsense of the system dying is the people are leaving the farm of the old world and joining in the new, which we're all about. And I'm kind of very radical in my like, I won't, I don't, I just canceled my Netflix account. I refuse to watch yeah. any professional sports. I, ref, I don't, I'm not, I, I didn't even know Norm McDonald died until someone mentioned it yesterday on our Telegram group. I was like, wait, Norm died? What the hell? Because I don't even follow like news anymore. I get all our news. Bear and I get our news from very alternative sources, from primary sources, from people that we follow. So like, I don't look on even Drudge Report anymore. Drudge and all that stuff is like, oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's, he's totally gone. So what, what happened to Norm? So he supposedly died of cancer. Supposedly he was battling cancer for 10 years, which is weird because he didn't look like the tr typical physical downward spiral that supposedly someone would perish from what cancer, quote unquote cancer, which is just a word. I'm wondering if he just opted out really. Like he was just, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't know. Have you talked about that at all, Owen? And like why he left or what happened to him? I haven't looked into it too much. But. I don't know. I know that this, this current environment, especially for a comedian is so crazy stressful that I heard he was sick. Uh, for a long time, but he was soldiering on and just being a crusher. Mm -hmm. He lived hard. Com comics live hard. A lot of travel, a lot of, you know, bad food, a lot of booze, a lot of up and down, horrible sleep patterns, you know, like the comedian life expectancy 61 is like blue zone, you know? So, so I'm not getting too conspiratorial about his death, like some other people's deaths, but like, I don't know, maybe he was just like, dude, this is too, this is too ridiculous. And his will at that point. I don't know. I'm not going to, all I know is that he was the man and he's gone, but um, you know, he might've just been like, you know what? I'm out of here. Who knows? Yeah. Bear and I talk yeah. about great men when they decide to leave the plane, it's literally, they go to sleep at night and not come back. Yeah. And that's, that's how you're supposed to exit. You don't exit through misery and through the, being in a hospital. You just decide, finally, I'm 102, I'm done crushing, I'm ready to kind of go to the next place. Like, yeah. we talk about that all the time. Like, your grandfather, right, Bear? You tell that great story. Yeah, he was, like, a, building, building stone walls when he was in his hundreds, and then he just decided to go to sleep. Yeah, and uh, he couldn't get a driver's license anymore at 106, so he said, F you, and just drove anyway. And then he went up to my dad's house and built a big granite wall. And then uh, I was visiting from college or whatever, and you know, I said, okay, Grandpa, I'll see you in uh, Christmas or whatever. And he had a big beaming smile. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm out of here, you know, in so many words. And I go, oh, what do you, you know, I don't want to hear about it. He says, no. Nah, now and then he goes okay get out of here you know because I, I wouldn't believe him and yeah i got the phone call a couple months later yeah grandpa just uh fell asleep and didn't wake up and that's how all the people in the old country where you know my ancestry is from that's that's the way they did it you know they're usually out hiking in the in the hills you know and they're in hundreds hunting mushrooms or something then they just go to bed one night nobody got sick and had to go to a hospital that just wasn't in the consciousness for those people yeah, my mom's like that. She's very, she's very Germanic. She does, you know. <laughs> she walked home from delivering me, and I was like almost eleven pounds. She was like, "I'm gonna leave." She lost her uh, doctor because she didn't go. She didn't go for like twenty years, and the doctor was like, "You're not allowed to come here anymore. Like, you don't come. Like, the slots open now for someone else." And she's like, "Ah," eh. and she's like, uh, "Gonna be eighty this year, and just completely clear-headed, very mobile, very fine, you know." And then you see other people that are completely bought into the lies and they're hobbled and 
you know, full of pain. And I think victim consciousness is the big, is one of the biggest disease causing things ever. It's like, you're trying to hurt me. Uh, they're coming for me. I, I just wish that like, that is like, that's cancer. Like that, that victim -y yeah. stuff. It's just like, yeah. if only I could well, just. When you, when you, when you get to the truth of how the human body actually works and why it gets sick, you realize it doesn't have anything to do with diseases or pathogens and, you know, uh, in my career days, I just practiced in private. I was a doctor of last resort. People would find me and I didn't have to be out there publicly. I just treated people. But now in the last couple of years, we're talking, you know, a little bit more truth to, you know, audiences and try selling the fact that, um, you know, there's no pathogens in nature <laughs> right. and that the body heals itself and that cancer is actually a biological response to heal you. And the only reason why it doesn't go away sometimes, there's very clear reasons. Those are the things we used to treat and usually saw it clear up. So uh, talk about being maligned and, and, uh, and marginalized in the public and, and the, the medical profession, of course, man, they come after you with the, with the vehemence. And I've seen a lot of my colleagues and, you know, I've been targeted about myself, but, you know, actually suicided because they got a little too vocal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I hear that's one of the, one of the worst one, like is everything that I've faced it pales in comparison to like some of the people that were outspoken in the medical world. Cause that, that cartel is no joke. I mean, that's legit. The Hollywood cartel is a lot more based on privileges and perception. You know, like the wizard cartel hates me. So they're like trying to make spells <laughs> about me when you're dealing with blood and guts and stuff of the medical world, that's a whole different ball game. So I'm glad that, that you uh, kept it private. And now I think there's a lot more opportunity to tell more people because the wheels on the bus are falling off for um, the car. I as much as it appears they're gaining so much power and influence right now, I see it as the opposite. You know, people oh, keep yeah. asking me like, what's going on? I'm like, it's going to get way worse slash better. <laughs> Depending on how you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you see it? Like, don't and, you? Uh, no God. See it. Oh, so yeah, much. Absolutely. They're absolutely. And the most beautiful thing is it's a matter of choice. We can all choose which, which path we need to take, you know, for us, life could never be better right now. And we're just meeting great people like yourself. And we're all, you know, sharing common endeavors. And then, uh, you know, the normies uh, out there are doing worse than ever. So, you know, and it's up to us. We're having which, a lot of way do we want to go. We're having a lot of fun, too. Like, that's something yeah. we always stress is like, Dude, it's not like leaving the cities and, and and starting a homestead is is sucks. It's like the opposite of suck. It's it's absolutely amazing because you're you're you're, you're all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm I'm in charge. I can do. We did a whole show in the beginning of this year on uh, the idea of of basically the farmer class and that those were the those were the masterminds behind when the, like U.S. was when it was originally free the republic. You know, it was this whole idea is that those were the real geniuses because those were the people who had the time to actually be alone and think and, yeah. and not, you know, because you already got all your stuff done in the morning. You know, your food's handled. You, you got your land. You're good. Now, what am I going to go do? I'm going to go sit by the creek and maybe fish and think. And then that's where the, the ideas come from source. Right. And that's where the innovation happens. Not the ones in academia that are just repeating stuff that's in already in, institutionalized by the controllers. So it's the agrarian class that are the great innovators and it's fun. It's fun. Like bear is always doing experiments and we're like messing with stuff and like coming up with cool ideas. 
So the point, what we're always trying to tell people is don't be afraid of leaving the system. Like, come on over because we're, we're the ones having the fun. And uh, we, I think a lot of people in the truther community get lost in the, the miasma of the fear of understanding truth and not understanding, well, no, that should free you. And then you get to go have fun. And that's what you do so great. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be permanent either way. Like the more independent you get, the more the system just appears to be this like beleaguered attention. See like that. They'll take anything from you. If you want to go back in and buy something, they're like, Oh, can I service you? Like they're not like you can be in control, both public and private. You can just walk back and forth. Yes. You know, that's why this is such a great time too, is we still have this system limping along that we can build up our seeds and our infrastructure and all this at the same time. You know, it's like, you can live in both worlds and yeah, it is super fun. And uh, the thing about the agrarian class and a lot of these classes is um, even while you're doing the work, it's a form of meditation. Like I wake up every morning and I milk nine goats and a cow. And so you're just, it's repetitive motion. And you're in like that flow state where you can do really, you actually do better thinking than just think like, if you just sit and think, Sometimes that can get weird, but if you're like just doing mortar building and you're just, that's when you can really get into some cool thought uh, spaces and you're right. Yeah. You get knowledge from source. You also can listen to great channels like this, just soaking in gravy. You know, that's why a lot of, and there's a lot of um, wealth in these classes too, that a lot of people don't realize where it's like, you were talking about the plumber that might want to do comedy. What about the plumber that just wants to laugh? And they Netflix won't make them laugh anymore. And all these uh, coastal elite, you know, mouse utopia experiment people have no idea how much wealth is outside of their insane world where it's like you might be a, um, uh, an assistant VP at Netflix and you're making like 90 grand a year. And you're like, wow, look at all these deplorable people with overalls and all that. I'm like, your rent is $4,000 a month. This plumber makes 280,000 a year and he bought his house for 40 grand. Who do you think has more actual, like he has nine kids now, like who's actually rich? Well, that's why there's the war on the trades and the war on that actual, that the classic American, right? That, because that is where the wealth was and where it goes. Is it in is. Everything you talk about is on, I've been, I've been watching some of your streams of late and you've been really stressing that. Like being a carpenter is way more powerful than being a VP at, at Apple because you are, have the skills of a life trade that will provide you with wealth no matter where you go or what happens. And, and then of course you develop a family around that where you don't have time if you're a VP at one of these crazy corporations, cause they're forcing you to work 80 hours a day for them working, living in an apartment, paying rent, yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's crazy that so but many the, people fall for that. But, but the, the real joy is at the end of every day, you know, around here, we sit back, you know, whether we just constructed a stem wall for our new greenhouse or rebuilt a chicken coop, you know, whatever it is. You sit back, you look at it, and you go, wow, I did that. You have something tangible that actually got constructed and achieved. It's going to have practical value in your life, and and it's very satisfying versus, uh, you know, what's the alternative? Sit in a cubicle and push computer keyboard? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's like, oh, yeah, I shaved off some uh, pension money this week. It's very satisfying. (laughs) No, it's a – and also just the different amounts of currency. I just – Talked about a plumber making hundreds of thousands. You could be making 10,000 a year and have a higher standard of living than someone making 
500,000 a year with no skills in a cubicle and a power structure. So to be super in the system, they want you in a power area, which is LA, New York, all these places. Everything costs a ton of money and you are always like busy and stressed and you don't have any skills. So like, let's say you live in the country where it's cheaper to live and you know how to build your own table, you know how to grow your own food. Think about all the costs that go down and then all the stresses that go down. And then like, you realize currency as far as money isn't even really, it's not, it wouldn't even be in my top five currencies. It's just one of many currencies. And so if you can, like, I know people in North Idaho that, that make about a thousand dollars a year, they get all their food from like hunting, like they're totally out and their way of life. Like, like they're all really healthy, like, you know, intense people, but like, they don't have to even be with money. They like pay land tax every 10 years and call it a day, you know? And it's fascinating to, to watch. They can make a car. Think about if you know how a car works and you just take scrap, you can just make one. Or if you have horses and land, it's nuts. Like the real freedom is outside of that matrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a guy here yesterday who was helping us stack some firewood and, and you know, splitting and everything. And, you know, never been to school, you know, has a little bit of a country twang to his voice and everything. And that guy knows more about what makes the world tick than anybody I see on the tube out there. And that's the, that's the sort of people you run into in the backwoods. They've never lost their common sense and they see right through people in urban environments. Yeah. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. You know, it seems like like um, like there's this board trying to take everybody, but it's a free will realm. If you don't choose it, they can't make you do it or else they lose. There's a spiritual battle afoot. And if you, they can't just be like, hey, guy who knows how the world works, I'm going to force you into this cubicle. They just leave. That's why you'll see generations all the way up to 2021 that never fell for any of this shit. <laughs> and there's nothing anyone can do if you don't choose it. And I know the illusions are getting crazier and more powerful, but at the same time, they're getting more ridiculous. Like where oh, it's dude. like, and and your, our kids are seeing right through it. I don't know how old your kids are. I have an eight-year-old and ten-year-old boys, and like it's so funny. Yesterday I was there. There was like a McDonald because they watch YouTube. That's like their thing, you know. And I let them watch their YouTube when for a certain time of the. And they they're watching stuff on how to hunt and you know. And my my one younger son's obsessed with World War II right now. So he watched a lot of World War II videos. But then like a McDonald's commercial pops up or something, and they're literally remixing it live. They're talking about the Happy Meal makes you happy. And they're like, Dad, listen to this. The Happy Meal give, makes you cancer, gives you cancer. And they're often like, guys, guys, let's calm it down a little bit, all right? Let's 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 keep in the house. That's cool. But And so they're like seeing through it already. And there was like a recent uh, Alaska Airlines thing, the most ridiculous ad I've seen. Have you seen this where they're all dancing with masks? And it's a, it's a play off of, um, oh, what's the song? Um, uh, Minute Work song. Uh, and it's all about, you know, uh, being safe and everything. God, I, I got Yeah, the safety dance. Have you seen that commercial? No. Oh, my God. The clown world. That is the ultimate clown world commercial right now. They're like doing the safety dance. And they're all the people that work for Alaska Airlines. And my kids are laughing, not at the song, but they're laughing because they see through how insane yeah. the mainstream world is now. And they're like, dad, they were like, pull me in. Got to see this. Got to see this. So it's really empowering to see like our kids coming up. They're already like way beyond us. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. My kid, like my five-year-old, like gets all of our eggs and does chores and he's crushing. He's like ripped too. The kid's like jacked. That's why I know <laughs> that 
I know that um, it isn't like just some, I know that they do stuff in error and all that stuff, but like, if you just live a good life, like your body works really well. Like my kids are crushing and yeah, they, that's why the, the, the wicked focuses so much on children because it's almost like the tower of Babel. Like by the end, by the time it gets that high, every brick requires the energy of a man's life to put up there. It's like lies. It's like, they have to maintain every lie. Like they're farmers like the, the moon landing, they have to like maintain that as they're rolling out new lies and new lies and new lies. So like every kid is a new beginning where it's like, they have to start all over again and be like, okay, so Neil Armstrong. And they're like, all the lies are to a point where they're like, just stop, man. This doesn't equate at all to the life I'm living. Imagine like, you know, that's why they're trying to do like transgender story hour and all that. And kids are like, dude, you know, even when I was a kid, the lies were just like the nuclear bombs exist and you know, they're going to, Russia's going to bomb you. Or we had our fear porn, you know, out there somewhere, a gay guy's getting AIDS. You got to think about that. Cause you're eight for some reason. Um, but now it's just like, everything's a lie in that world. And so I think that it's just going to break kids' minds or the kids are going to leave. And that's why I think that this yeah. system is, they're either going to have to try and fix how crazy they went. And I don't know if they're capable of that. I think a Ponzi scheme can't really start producing anything, you know, like Bernie Madoff at the end of his run, isn't like, you know what? We should make shoes. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how they get out of it. They're just like, do, 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 do. Well, they, their plan is the transhumanism plan, you know, and just taking, separating us from our consciousness and, you know, but people have to opt in for that. Maybe they're going to have some way where they send it off from the drones flying over us or whatnot. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that they have in the, you know, that they're trying to do. But the thing is that once again, they're inherently going against natural law. So, and they don't even understand how most science works. So it's, it's just funny. Like you're, I personally believe like you, they're spinning out. They're spinning out right now. We're watching the manifestation of the, the, the Ponzi scheme imploding. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons they failed to go ahead, bro. I was going to say what they failed to understand is that the universe has self-correcting mechanisms. So all the garbage they put out, you know, creates reverberates out there and then comes back of their own kind right to them, you know, about 10,000 fold. So, and things take on a life of their own. It's, it's got a momentum now it's, it's out of their control. And, you know, their, their whole main purpose is to maintain control it's they can't they created a monster a monster that nobody can control so they're in 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 deeper doo-doo than anybody and and they know it and that's why they're doubling down and just doing cartoonish things here to keep the narrative going yeah and that one of the best things that happened is just the concept of i know not the best thing because it's obviously horrifying but like that people now know what being suicided means because i think one of the biggest natural law problems is when you kill a great man, it reverberates out. It's like blowing the dandelion, you know? And so that's why they can't just kill you because that turns you into a hero. And they know that it, like it magnifies your message. That's why they pretended everyone was killing themselves because then they would have some sort of shame around it. And people are like, Oh, I didn't even know he was sad. How did he shoot himself twice in the head? You know, but now that everybody knows what that concept is, one of the biggest tools in their toolbox doesn't work anymore. Where if somebody, quote unquote, commits suicide, you're like, oh, he was probably murdered. And so then it creates this underground 
reverberation effect. And it, it, it has the opposite effect of what they intended. That's why a lot of evil can't just kill good men because it magnifies their message. And so the sneaky little tricks that they would do in the past, I don't think work as well. So that's why Hillary Clinton was such a blessing for all of us. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Cause now we know what is a suicide, like to be suicided is like such a reveal, you know, that because <laughs> they need you to think they did it to themselves. But even that still kicks back and reverberates back. You know, there's people that we're now un uncovering now, like decades later, where we're like, oh, that guy didn't really kill himself after all. Wow, that guy was crushing. Because because linear time is like an illusion. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, can't cover it. That's that that's what the trippiest stuff about history is, too. That the fact is history is changing, too. Do you watch Quantum of Consciousness channel? Oh, yeah, every stream, every stream. I love oh, that. Oh, dude. I, yeah. Like, I love I love going into the reality like that. Right. And it's all about what's great about that is it's consensus amongst consciousness to understand what reality is. And so that's what I feel like they're always trying to control. That's where the wizardry is, is controlling the ma as much consensus as they can in the world so that we trick ourselves into, into what this reality is when we step out and realize whoa well actually the reality is actually based on what we want it to be so let's focus on being moral good people and creating the life we want then all of a sudden the history changes too i kind of am starting to think that it's like trippy stuff that goes back to the mandela effect and tartaria and, and i have a theory now that those who understand the tartaria um reality are the ones that are moving towards the tartaria reality if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. those who are oblivious to it or think it's stupid or don't understand it, those are the ones going towards the current normie reality that will spin off into that and continue that way. There's all sorts of weird ways you can look at that, but it is fascinating that time, that's a very important thing to understand is time is not linear. Time is nothing. Time is time is what you make of it. So um, yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, we could spin off into those, <laughs> into those concepts forever. I do want to get focused though on like the last half hour or whatever we have here on solutions. Cause I know, I know yeah. that's one big thing that you're really great at focusing on. And I think people right now that are just like waking up, I think they're waking up in droves right now and they're like, what do I do? Maybe give a couple based on your own personal experience what helped you get to where you are now? I know one of the big things you talked about is getting out of debt um, and getting some land. We just did a three-part series on land patents. I don't know if you followed that idea of alloyal titles and and really um, having you know uh, your truth based in your land that they can't touch and can't take away. Um, that's a great series, guys. Uh, for those who are just finding out about us, we did a three-part series on land patents, which goes back to the original treaties, and it's just a great way to secure your property. But yeah, just curious, Owen, what are some like very practical solutions that you could give to our community that you feel are the great ways right now to um, be out of the system and thrive? That's a great question. I think it's, uh, I think one of the main things is to not um, overwhelm yourself, like think that you have to be completely out of the system right away and have like 200 acres and horses and all this stuff. That's why uh, Building Bertaria, buildingbertaria.com, watch it. There's a whole montage of a bunch of guys sending me what their Bertaria is. And some of them are living in apartments where it's like, there's like, yo, oh, Big Bear, this is my Bertaria. And it's like like uh, a guy like Balance Bear is in LA and he just has like, he's growing microgreens. And it's like, yo, this is, it's, I think like claiming your space and being like, 
I'm going to accept a new, I know it sounds so like dentist office motivational quote, but it's so true. It's like you accept your, um, your obstacles as opportunities where it's like, okay, I'm going to get more in touch with my food. I'm just going to grow one plant. I'm just going to meet one neighbor. One of the biggest spells that I, that I help break for a lot of people is that the internet isn't bad. It's like a tool, like a gun. It's the intention. So like try and make the digital real again, like what you guys are doing, where it's like meet people and then meet them in real life. And then like talk honestly about what you guys do and then exchange goods because the economy is just a battery. And one thing that I, uh, uh, a really successful communities do is they'll buy and sell within their community so that that energy doesn't get siphoned off. And so find someone, you know, a small farm or someone on Etsy making candles, whatever it is, anything to get you away from Walmart, even if it's small, like, Oh, this guy makes belt buckles. I was just about to go to Walmart and get a belt buckle. Like, and so once you start putting, cause currency is just energy and it's supposed to flow. You're not supposed to like obsess about money. It's supposed to like just keep circling. It's like uh, a current. And so the more you just keep it in like a closed community, the more you'll see everything start to grow. And so we have the app, Bertaria Times app, where if you go there and you subscribe to it, you'll see what people are doing. And when you force yourself to focus on the good, the true, the beautiful, and not just whatever, everything is bad, you know, don't get me wrong. Like going through that phase is great. The gravy is great for the biscuits. You know, it's good to know what quote unquote they are up to sometimes, like what their overall agenda may go, just how bad it could get. But you get yourself a plan. Like you want healthier food. You want a wife and kids, you know, like whatever it is, start doing that in a small, basic level. Get to know 10 people within 10 miles because witnessing is very important. You're talking about elodial titles and like the real, real gravy, like way deep down is very biblical and very like your connection to reality. And a witness is very important in your life. So friends, having people on your land hanging out, like what Born Bear is talking about, like a guy clipping leaves over here, a guy's building a wall. That's crazy powerful. It's more powerful than a tank. You know, it's like, because then think about what life is. Like, think about how much harder it is to impose will on someone when there's just people around him that know him and can vouch for him, a witness. You know, that's affidavit, I think comes from King David. I don't know. I'm just, but it's like, this is some old stuff where it's like, and so build your community, start eating better food. And that doesn't have to be expensive. You know, look into what grows around you naturally that you could actually eat, sleep better, you know, all this stuff, all the simplest stuff. And then from there, that's why we talk about castles and airships. Cause that's how big we want to go. But, but if you're like, man, I can't build a castle or have an airship you know, you might feel like a failure, but if you can grow a tomato, you'll feel awesome. And then as you just keep going year after year, you get closer to castles and airships. Like that's why we're setting up our own private stuff, like unauthorized and Bertari times app. And that's just a comedian in an attic in a barn. It's like, whatever you do, start to do that too. You know, I know people that own restaurants or gyms or all that start figuring out how to put it in the private where it's a, a membership only. You know, figure out how you can start a small business to write off your um, your expenses so you don't have to pay absorbent taxes, where you serve the community in some way. Like these little steps are so exciting because I didn't know about any of this stuff till I was like, I just started at like 36. I'm 41 now. 
You know, at 36, I was living in Los Angeles with no children, thinking that getting on Netflix was a great goal. And now I'm like, it's just such a better world. And so like to really lower your fear, I think action is a very important thing to do. And don't just focus on them is a very uh, big thing these days. Like they suck. They're just yeah. like grabbers trying to figure out how to poison kids so that no one knows what they've done. It's like really sick and horrifying. So like, you know, watch out for the fear porn. Cause I know that that can be uh, a big draw, especially in the truth community. I've done it. Everyone's done it. But like, if you stare at the abyss too long, the abyss will look back, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's amazing advice. You know, I get a lot of comments. People say, well, I can't do what you do because I can't afford to just go buy a place and have acres and grow stuff and, and leave my job and my whole world. And, and I say, well, yeah, but it took me 70 years to get here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it didn't happen overnight. We took consistent little baby steps and kept educating ourselves and taking risk. And that's a big thing is you need to be able to take risk and then actually start to enjoy taking risk. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about lollipops and fancy pants. You know, that's why when people, uh, because that, that allows you to take risks, like get the ego down a bit where you don't be scared about being humiliated. That's one of the blessings of my trolls that have given people is they literally say the craziest stuff about me all the time. And I just keep hammering away and they find that inspiring. Cause they're like, if Owen can literally handle thousands of people mocking him and lying about him and trying to defame him and still be happy. Like, what am I worried about? Some one guy is going to call me crazy. You know, it, it, they don't matter. Like, in fact, I think that like the, the potential failure and the humiliation actually strengthens you. I think that nature allows for trolls and subverters and gamma males and all this stuff because it strengthens the alpha. It's like, it allows you to prove that you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. And again, like, don't just look at our lives and be like, why, how can I just jump right into that world? It's like, maybe you're not supposed to be there. Maybe you're supposed to hold down your little area in a different way. Like figure out your path and crush with it. Maybe you don't even need to own a home. Maybe you're supposed to live in a yurt. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to, you know, reconnect with your old uncle somewhere. And now you guys can split expenses. And, you know, I don't know everyone's place. Like one of the bears is in, I'm not even going to say, it, but some of these like really negative industries and they're doing a really positive thing in these negative industries. You can do that. Like you don't have to quit your job, like make the job healthier. These are yeah, just empty brilliant. vessels. Institutions are just empty vessels and the people in them can change the whole nature of it. That's like my wife, she's an RN in a, in our a hospital in the County here. And people often ask, Oh, she's working for the evil system, but she's doing amazing good in there yeah, advocating for her patients. Cause she's awake and knows what's going on, but she's in their bedside doing everything she can to make their life better while they're in that place. Cause they made a decision to be there. And that's spot on. We had Jennifer Daniels on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar. I think you know who she is. Um, yeah, the the turpentine gal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, she's way beyond that. She's next level, a truther doctor been through the yeah. ringer her whole life. But she, I brought up that question about like, well, you know, we're telling people to go out in the rural and get out of the city. And she's like, who are you to tell people that? Everybody has their own spiritual journey. You know, there might be someone who needs to be in the middle of Manhattan crushing there and doing what they need to do because that is where they need to be. And right. they need, and it's like back to that resonance idea. They are cleaning up the darkness there. And God bless them for being there doing that. 
So yeah, everybody's on their own spiritual journey. We need to respect that. And that's what's beautiful about the Baritaria app. What we're doing with alphavedic.com, getting our own forum on there is that we can use the digital space to be together, but still be in our own place in the real affecting others and bringing them in and doing that. So yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, there's people in Wall Street that have given me like 10 grand to help make the app. They're like, dude, crush it. I'm like, whoa, I feel uncomfortable. They're like, Bro, I made like $2 million this year lying. Like, take it, please. Don't reject that. Like, I need this more than you do. <laughs> and so that's the thing is you don't want to just yeah. give up. It's like one thing in uh, Art of War, it's like to get the enemy to give up before you even fight. Like, you know, if your talent is acquiring resources and you can help out people like us to build alternatives, do that. There's no, that's awesome. You know, it's just like what, if your talent is being a nurse and you're in that system and you can advocate for stuff with people, that's awesome. We're all in the beast right now. Like this reality is very beastly. So it's like, you're never just out. Like I'm not just like clean, you know, like there's only one place in my area that sells like um, a charger for my cell phone. That's Walmart. I was there yesterday, this low consciousness hellscape, And I'm there with my money and I'm buying a cell phone charger because the cell phone is a tool I use to do all this, you know, so don't uh, purity spiral about it too much. Like just, just, just go from like one polarity to the other. You don't have to change everything about yourself, but just start looking at the world a little differently. And that's how you can really affect positive change around you. Cause it's so obvious now it's the people that have like become the zombie that are like, just program me, tell me what to do and I'll do it versus the people that aren't, you know, sometimes I'll have friends and someone's like, but they believe this and you don't believe this. I'm like, I don't judge people on what they believe or their opinions. It's their heart. I'm like, I disagree with what I said three months ago. Like I'm not in that insane world of like, Oh, your view of this versus this view. I'm like, it's, do you have views? (laughs) Like if someone simply has a view that might be totally different than mine, if it's their own, that's my homie. If it's like programmed into them from Netflix, they're like, I don't know. I just, that isn't my community anymore. I'm not going to like demonize them and call them names, but like, I just don't relate to that. So it's, if you have your own thoughts and your own views and your own story, you know, that's awesome. Whether it's contradicting to mine or not, it's just, just have something of your own. That's beautiful. There's something heroic Man, about going into Walmart these days and and sticking to your truth, giving big smiles to people wearing masks, being authentic, being yeah. really polite and wonderful to the checker, right? And just emanating your truth and like, whoa, who's that guy? That guy just came in here and blew our minds with how awesome <laughs> he is, you know? Oh, totally, yeah. And like the mask people aren't even your enemy. Like somebody was asking me, like, how do I get a girlfriend? And uh, one of my buddies was like, find a girl without a mask because she's based. I'm like, no, find a girl with a mask because it means she doesn't have a man. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like lead her out of that hell. Like women are really susceptible to um, being led places. And so I think because of our current system, the state is their man. And so they do what they the women without a mask are like my wife's never worn a mask. I've never worn a mask. It's like, um if she wasn't with me, could she have easily gone a different road? A hundred percent. Women follow leadership really naturally. So like, like if you see a woman with a man, a mask, she doesn't have a strong man in her life. And so, or she's like at a job or something. You know, I understand. I'm not going to like say that about all men. I know I get, I, I, I'm trying to work on not 
saying stuff that evokes challenges <laughs> because then a challenger emerges it's like i happen to be a good man my wife has to wear i'm like ah. but that's the comedic oh. nature in you Owen. you make those observations and that's impossible yeah. for you to not do that so but i i, I, I mean <laughs> yeah, in my opinion it's like if you see a woman like alone with a mask she doesn't have a strong man in her life so that's how you meet a good chick and then you know make her feel really awesome about taking that thing off i love that <laughs> Yeah, that's Born great. Born Bear's nodding in approval. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, his, you know, well, urban can I say one shot. thing? Can I say one thing about the women thing, real quick, Bear? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it is that's interesting right. how they're pushing women to be all the leaders, though, in the mainstream, right? It's yeah, all yeah. women. The women president, the, all the women. Look at all the women, the Pelosi's and all those uh, those people. There, that's the that's what they're trying to sell us as the Aquarian age too. It's like the the feminine, the divine feminine, but of course that's inverted and it's not. Right. And it's and so it's interesting how once again they're getting their little hands and in inverting and putting the women all at the front because they know that inherently that manipulation because of their emotions and their ability to manipulate their emotions they can use that so yeah that's fantastic like oh man I'm glad people are starting to see through this though Nancy Pelosi has some great stock picks <laughs> yeah. um yeah but the inversion is to get women to act like men is empowerment it's like. I do feel a natural feminine energy around, but that's like in motherhood and, you know, and doing what they're like, the, the return to earth centered uh, healing is very feminine and very awesome to try and get a and woman. Very powerful. Very powerful. Very, but women have a lot of powers that men don't have. Mm -hmm. and they have a connection to source in a way that uh, men don't, but it's in their feminine nature. It's not to act like James Bond. That's literally insane. And, uh, well, yeah, one of my buddies was just telling me that like Nancy Pelosi's stock picks are public and man, it's almost like she knows where the stock market's headed all the time. So, hmm. you know, very interesting stuff. Yeah, it's, it's funny how they always uh, enter an office without any money and then leave millionaires. But of course, Nancy comes from an old mob family, so she had it going in, too. So, Owen, you've got a full plate there with, uh, you know, your your homestead, your documentaries and everything. Are there any other projects you see off in the future or that you'd like to do? Well, I'm trying to, we want to have a fourth kid, but my wife had, uh, had uh, C-sections and I was going to ask you what's going on with that. Like, is there ways that we did try a V-back on our third with like a really holistic woman. It was really cool, but I guess it like wasn't going properly and she had another C-section. Like if things get gnarly out there and we can't do another C-section, like what are we facing with that? Like I, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, there, there's so many variables with every individual, you know, like with any other medical condition. So there's a lot of questions. I think it could still be overcome because I've seen people do that, that had C-sections and then the next time around, they didn't have to do it. Uh, and I'm sure you're working with good midwives and people that, you know, really know how to, you know, coax kids out of the womb and, and and have natural modalities to just help produce it without starting a Pitocin drip or cutting the body open and lifting it out. So, uh, yeah, that would be more of a private conversation as far as maybe a lot of variables that could be considered. Totally. I was just, that was just on my mind. Cause like, I think one of my biggest goals is to like for us to have more kids. And, um, we had good experiences, especially the last one. Like it was the first time we turned down everything and it went fine. Cause there's a lot of nurses like your wife. that's like, Oh, smart. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah, yeah. no, uh, no injections. We're going to do skin to skin right after we want to keep the placenta, like all this. And they're like, nice. 
and we're in like a major hospital. So that yeah. was cool. Um, that's why it's like, you know, don't browbeat like the nurses out there that are crushing. Cause that's how you keep things. Cause Western medicine has excellent trauma stuff. They're terrible at wellness. They're terrible at, at understanding <laughs> disease or all that stuff. But if you have like a squirting artery coming out of your forehead like they do good work amazing so. crisis mitigation because yeah. everything is crisis <laughs> right. at this point they're making a crisis yeah. but you know if, <laughs> that's a good, it's like they're they're their crisis mitigation is top notch to the point where they're making the crisis but that being said you know there is good stuff going on there so you know my my thought was just like because right now in our area like there's no mandatory v or anything to do any of these uh births or anything but that the pace of the insanity seems to be going so fast right now that like, if you invest 10 months of a pregnancy, like what would the, is the world going to look like then? And I know I don't have fear around it. And I know that uh, it's all good and it always ends up pushing us in a better direction. But I just want to ask your opinion about that. Like if there was a situation where we didn't have access to Western medicine, like could you potentially, you know, still be fine? Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, another consideration that parents often uh, don't, don't look at is that that soul that's incoming on that level has made a decision to come in through you yeah. and that uh, they have something to say about it too. So if they want in, they're going to get in. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like my mom before me had three miscarriages and I just held on. I'm like, I have, I have Bertarius to build. Like my mom before me, three babies just lost and lost and lost them. And then the last one was me. Like I had an older brother, but I was like, I'm not leaving here. No matter, <laughs> you know, cause my mom had a near death experience where it was during one of her miscarriages. She lost so much blood that she was getting pulled literally. Like there's one reason why I think she's so based and fearless. Cause she's like, I know something happens when you die. Cause she was <laughs> She was going into this golden light and it was like beautiful and felt perfect. And there was like a being like, oh, you know, and uh, and she heard crying and she was like, oh, I have to go back. I have a baby, you know, my brother. And she came back and came back to this realm and my brother was not around. And we talked about it. I'm like, what if that was me? Like down the road, like, mom, <laughs> like I have to build Bertaria. <laughs> <laughs> people need to see the journey. And so that's one thing that I find very comforting is uh, once you start realizing the science religion, making us feel like we're all like going to head into like a, a vacant vacuum and become dust. You know, I know that that isn't true, which is really, I don't know what happens when you die. I'd love to hear you guys' opinions, but like, I know it's good. <laughs> so I, that's, uh... that's a real positive. I, I made an acquaintance with a gentleman who died twice, and uh, he even wrote a book about it. It's called Saved by the Light, Daniel Brinkley. So I spent a little time with him, and we got the story firsthand. They made a movie out of it, too. Um, who is uh, Robert's, uh, Joey Roberts' um, brother? Anyway, Eric. Uh, he, he played the lead role. But uh, yeah, he described how over on the other side, you know, what it was like. And he just says, next time I see that tunnel, I'm going to sprint towards it. And nothing's going <laughs> to, you know, keep me from it. So it's uh, definitely nothing to be feared. This is absolutely the matrix here. It is not, you know, what's real. And he had a firsthand experience with that. Now, uh, the second time he died, and, and this guy was out for a long time. 
uh, he was told on the other side, well, you need to go back because you haven't forgiven yourself yet because he actually used to be a hitman for the, for the military and did some nasty things. And, and anyway, it's quite, quite a story, but, you know, encouraging and, and just fortifies, uh, you know, those of us that are starting to understand that maybe death isn't what we think it is. And uh, maybe we aren't these spacesuits in the first place and that there's other realms that are actually a lot more enjoyable, but Hey, uh, as long as you're getting a kick out of this one, hey, go for <laughs> right. it. And when it's time, it's time. Oh, yeah. If, if death was what people think it is, someone would have killed me by now. You know, there was a time <laughs> when I literally thought I was going to get like when you're speaking out again, like I was repped at CAA and I was totally in that world. And I was speaking out against like child abuse and all this stuff. I, there was a moment where I'm sitting on my porch, like looking around, like, come for me and nothing happens. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, so death isn't really the punishment that people feel like it is, I don't think. Because if so, quote unquote, evil people would just constantly be killing people, crushing. And that isn't what's happening. Like there is high and good people die all the time. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying that people don't get murdered that are crushing, but like it just isn't what I don't know. There's an algorithm or like a pattern that I'm seeing that. I can't really explain, but it, there's other factors involved here about why we're here, like what purpose we have. Like, that's one reason why I like having animals is like every morning I have a purpose. It's like Dandy needs her udders drained or it'll cause her a lot of pain. And that alone gets me going in the morning. And so I think fractally, that's like we all have a big purpose here. And when we no longer have purpose, I think we can just kind of go. And that can go in a variety of ways, whether it's like super violent and painful like we have to burn off something or are we just like, or like we're out of here, you know, but this isn't the end. And I find that comforting because I do like existing, but I don't know what it would be the end of like, maybe who I am would, I don't know how it all works, but. I think, uh, I think you're happy when you're on your mission. I think we all come in here with a mission. And like you said, until that mission is, you know, your plan, like some people call it a soul contract or whatnot. And so you come in with that mission and I think you have uh, angels that are there supporting you on the mission. So they're protecting you. Like David Ike's flat out said, the reason why he isn't dead is because he's got them supporting him and protecting him because he's figured out his mission. And so I think people that are crushing in life are the ones that have figured that out. And it does not necessarily have to mean one specific thing. The mission could be just being awesome and bringing love to certain people in the world. And you do that through all different things. It's not like I'm going to be a stand-up com comic. It's much right. more evolved than that. Right. But that's, I think a lot of people aren't able to find their mission anymore because they're on their phone all day and watching Netflix. And so, but I think if you're tapped into the mission more and more, like, you know, uh, you're protected more and more because they're like, Oh, he's on it. Owen's doing the mission. So let's make, let's, let's help them out. So there are divine forces at play. And I, I think if you can master dreaming, I think dreaming is really cool. Like you can start to see those angels and meet them and talk to them and stuff. I really think that stuff's real. So, and what's and interesting, that's why... I was going to say, Go Bear, what's interesting about your, your buddy who had the near death experiences, wasn't he like a hitman or something? So he was yeah, living yeah, a very that's what I said. immoral life. Yeah, and then and, you and, turned that and, around. And that's why, that's why he was told on the other side, you haven't forgiven yourself and you have to go back and do that. And I think that's what we're all here to do. 
And of course, as a recovering Catholic, I was brought up to, you know, believe that I'm bad and I have original sin and, and all that. So, uh, you know, that's that's the that's the name of the game is to make us feel lesser, make us feel bad, make us feel afraid. And um, I'm not buying it anymore myself. So, Owen, this has been an amazing conversation. Is there any other final areas you'd like to take us? Well, I think it was just a quick comment. My mom's such like a truth or legend that like we I was raised Catholic, too, and she was Catholic, but she didn't agree with she's a terms and conditions person. She was like, this baby doesn't have original sin. So on my baptism candle, it was entrance into Christian community because she didn't accept that offer. She was like, babies aren't born with sin. And they're like, oh, so you're not a Catholic or a Christian? She's like, no, I'm a Christian, but I'm not accepting that offer. <laughs> and it's just so legendary to see. She's like, we're not born. She's like, I used to believe in original sin. And then I had two babies and I looked at them and this is not sin. And they're like, okay, you can stay. And she's like, yeah, I know. And then she, like, you know, then there was a lot of abuse and we ended up leaving. But um, I also am a recovering Catholic as well. Yeah, we all have that. It's, in it's interesting that it's interesting that sin, uh, when you go back to the original translations, it means uh, incomplete, uh, deficient, uh, lack, debt. So it really meant something different, uh, you know, as far as when you go back to the origins. And I think the reason if you buy reincarnation as a, as, as a reality, then, you know, I think maybe we do a few go arounds on the wheel because we haven't completed our mission yet. And that's yeah. the only, perhaps the only sin we're born with, you know, okay, you got to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Sin evil used to just mean weak. Like there was like old language, like if someone was called evil, like if someone was weak and you couldn't count on them or they wouldn't work hard, they were called evil because like just not being lacking, you know, being incomplete, all that stuff, like just being a weak person. And now, you know, the way um, society now uh, elevates the, the weak where they're like, if you're broken, you're good. If you're on pills, if you can't get out of bed without pills, like you're good. Like that's good. You know, and back yeah. in the day, there was a shame and now weakness, like softness. I don't mean weakness, like vulnerability or softness or an ability to, to, you know, but weak is in like victim, you know, and there used to be a shaming of that, which I think should probably come back. <laughs> and evil is live inverted. You know, it's just, I mean, yeah. the spelling, you spell it backwards. It's just, there's so many plays on words. So we're here to live, not to worry about all the other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I just, I guess I just tell people that you can watch buildingbertaria.com. It's free. If you want to donate, there's a donate button on authorized.tv where all my streams are, but you can watch them at telegram. Um, bit shoot. We have our own uh, chat on telegram because you know, the public big company chats are filled with bots, like anger bots. I, I swear to God, I think they're supposed to give you cortisol and give you cancer. I don't know. <laughs> It's like, get angry, get angry, get angry, you know, division. Um, and so we have our own chat. It's called the Speakeasy Saloon. So it's, it's just we don't let in people that act like that. And um, if you want to send me a letter or anything in the mail, that's what I found has been one of the best ways to contact me. And that's P.O. Box 490 Sandpoint, Idaho 83864. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And I'd, I'd love to come back anytime you guys want. That, that was great, man. I love that you're doing the snail mail thing because that's uh, really tactile. The, 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 we talk about the energetics of physically writing stuff. 
and how important that is and how that's a lost art that they're pushing because you're putting your own alchemy into those words when you write. Oh, so, awesome. I mean, I get these all day. Every like someone, awesome. someone mailed me this piece of silver today. People mail me like everything you see behind me was, was made by people. You know, That's they make great. me art. They like that painting. Somebody made painted that like woodworking, everything you can think of, like something that means something to them. Like someone made me this knife, you know, it's constant. And like the handwriting, you feel so much that all these books, Every book you see behind all those books were all just mailed to me. Yep. And it's, yeah, tactile is very important. Just holding something in your hand. And, um, and the PO and the say what you will about the United States government, they never kicked me out of the post office. That's why I have an odd thing because a lot of people would think I'm anti government. I'm anti control. I'm anti deception. I'm anti infringement stuff. But like, if you go down to the real basics of it, it's like the post office is has no terms and conditions like Facebook and Twitter. It's very simple. And so I, I'd rather live in a world with a much, much smaller government, a, a government that didn't try to run anyone's life or anything. But unfortunately, a lot of people are begging the government to do that because they've given up their sovereignty. They don't, they don't want to take care of themselves. And so that's well, just look what just happened with the Postal Service because they they were trying to mandate the vax or ah, said the word uh, mandate the, the devil's prick. And uh, basically it got revert. There's like, no, we're all going to quit or whatnot. And so Mr. Biden's was like, oh, OK, you guys are cool. So, I mean, yeah, I was like, like what? Bro, we're the post office. How are you supposed to get your drugs in the mail, Biden? Exactly. <laughs> and it's hard to be anti-government when you realize that we are the government. So exactly. I guess the message, yes. I guess the message is maybe it's time for us to start doing our job. Exactly, bro. Like we go to town hall meetings, like they're trying to rezone our beautiful uh, valley and, and, you know, we'll go voice our dissent. It literally works. One of the biggest psyops is that the government isn't us and that we don't have a role in, Dude, the sheriff has more power than the president. Our sheriff, like uh, the president will say stuff and our sheriff legend is like, no, I won't be enforcing that. And they're like, but you have to. He's like, no, I don't. I can arrest the president. And they're like, shit. <laughs> Dude, the, the illusion, like so much of the tyranny right now is insurance companies and they go after anyone in debt because when you're in debt, you have to have insurance to back the loan. And so that's why the real a lot of the real nasty stuff happening, you know, this from the medical world is insurance companies and people are like, wow, where do these far, you say that there's human farmers. Where are they? I'm like, we are farmers. Dun, 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 dun. They literally <laughs> call themselves farmers. It's called state farm. It's oh, called progressive. Man, it's I a, love that. literally all state yeah. <laughs> insurance companies and they all function on fear. Are you scared you're going to die? Are you scared you're going to have a fire? Are you scared, scared, scared? Give us money and we'll alleviate your fear. And that is the ultimate demonic exchange. And so a lot mm. of people right now are like focusing on the government. I'm like, insurance companies are the ones in America, at least some countries are crazy. But like in America, the insurance companies are, are trying to make corporations their, their hitmen because they're in debt. So if you're in debt, you have to have insurance. The insurance is going to mandate this and then they're going to force it on you. Fortunately, America... I think it's going to be the last good place to live right now, at least because we do have a government that, that isn't as crazy as like Canada, Australia, England, you know, and so really accept that you are your government 
you don't need insurance. Like you can grow your own food. You don't need a grocery store. And if you want to be back when America was great, everybody had chickens, everybody had a gun, everybody like knew their neighbors and spoke a few languages and was out doing experiments in the well, you know, so accept that because that's where America really thrives. Yeah. The best insurance and, is community for sure. Yes. And then in my clinic, uh, we didn't accept insurance and if people couldn't afford us, we treated them for free. That's beautiful. My insurance is my community. When I fall, do like, I remember I got kicked off everything. I have a baby, my wife's pregnant. And I'm like, but I have so much of like the warrior spirit that I'm like, they will not take me. But then I open my PO box <laughs> it's filled with like envelopes with cash. The, the little notes like keep crushing, don't stop. I love this stream. Like little amounts too. Like it doesn't have to be big, but like it, it was like this euphoric feeling of like, we will find a way. And it was just the people doing it because they knew that I wasn't accepting money in, in exchange for my word. Like YouTube, I was crushing. And it was like, I wouldn't stop doing what I did. And so out the community comes out and they say no, because I also, my intention isn't to get rich and I don't focus on money and everyone just knows that. And so when you have that, like bear, like his, his clients weren't trying to rip him off. And so he knew that and he's like, okay, I'll help you out. Like I give milk and stuff to people all the time. I'm like, you know, we're friends. Yeah. We're actually working on a group um, private insurance protocol through um, blockchain that is all decentralized called Manifest X, where everybody pitches in through their energies on what you do. And then it's there. It's all it's all in the public. It's all in the private, but it's all there on a ledger. Everyone can see. Yeah. And that's, we create our own insurance for each other. So when one of our homies in the network has a problem, we then they can dip into that and it, it goes through a, a, a voucher system or a, uh, where people in the community vote and go, okay, yeah, he needs that right now. Let's support him. So it's kind of just taking a digital uh, blockchain idea and, and using, like you said, it's just a tool. It's a tool we're yeah, using, right. but for community, for us to all help each other out, because we do get in trouble sometimes. Accidents happen, emergencies happen, and we need we need each other to help. We're, we're inherently community-based uh, uh, organisms. We are tr tribal in that sense where we need to be with each other. That is how we thrive. We can't be the, the single guy up in the cabin up in the mountain that's all paranoid and, and separate. In fact, that's how our health works. That's how our exosomes work. That's how we adapt and, and stay healthy is by being with each other. So that community is everything. And I think, Owen, you're so good at um, really stressing that point as you built, obviously, this amazing community that uh, is thriving and you're you're crushing with that. Uh, the Bertaria app, you can just download that right on like uh, on a phone, right? I, yeah, I, I've I did any of the app stores because it's so yeah. clean. We don't face any censorship and that's a perfect example i don't make any money on that everything that that just goes right back in the community that was my way of kind of um giving back to a community that helped me is like create a world because i kept seeing the same complaints over and over again about facebook instagram i'm like we now have our own and so that was like something i did to give back to a community that i that has given me so much and so that's a great place to go but again it's not a place to talk about scary stuff or yeah. It's a, it's very, very clean, homesteady, beautiful. And so that's a great uh, resource. And then Unbearables Media is where uh, a lot of the cartoons we've made that have been kicked off everything. And then map.bertariatimes.com. If you want to physically see other bears in your area, you can keyword search like health or 
candles or whatever you want are looking for. We're trying to uh, decentralize the supply chains so that like everywhere in the world is our goal. You don't ever have to like go because I we're so far ahead of schedule. I think all three of us that we're seeing stuff that isn't close yet, but it will be there. There will be a day where you can't go into a grocery store. Yep. So like work on it now, like you have time and get your local supply chain set up. And then from there, you're great. Dude, it's a place where you can be like, I'm looking for work or like I'm bartering this. And so it's a community-based thing, very private, but uh, it's a really, really good tool to have. And then watch the doc and you can share the documentary with people. And that's what I've been up to. Hey, if there's any bears in the Del Norte up where we're at, holler at us. We'd love to do meetups and because uh, we're all aligned and have you come to the farm. We'll do a fun bonfire and and, and hang out. So I, I'm on the Bear Tari app. Actually, I've been on for, for since it started. I just don't use it because I'm so busy, but I'll start using it and I'll start connecting with the Del Norters because I'm sure there's some Del Norte bears. We got a really low population here, but basically every most people that live here are already bears. They don't know it. So uh, we'll, we're in Del Norte County. We're on uh, the farthest northern um, uh, county in California, uh, the northwest uh, uh, on the border of Oregon. Nice. So it's the county no one knows exists. If you, like people live in California their whole lives and don't even know this exists up here. I like that you guys so, focus on counties. It's really smart because the yeah. state, states are too gone. Yep. Yeah, like Benjamin Balderson. Yeah. I don't know if you know him, but he's kind of near you. He's crushing. Yeah, he's he's I think in Shasta County or in Trinity County or even Humboldt. He's around here. He's in yeah. the state of Jefferson yeah. for sure. So okay, thanks, Owen, so much, man. We love you, dude. Uh, thanks for doing all you do. And um, yeah, let's stay connected. And everyone, go follow Owen if you're coming from the Alpha Vedic community. You'll you you'll love what the bears are all about. Get the app and uh definitely watch that doc. So um Okay, guys, so, well, go Owen, ahead, Bear. Now, I should say, Owen, thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. And, and like Mike says, you have an open invitation here. we got a nice uh, place for you to stay anytime. And I think you'd like the scenery here. I love your part of the world as well. So don't be surprised if uh, we show up on your doorstep someday. Do it, man. We'll do a meetup at Ursa Rio with all your guys. That'd be a blast. And I'll bring my tools. Love it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Later, brother. Take care. Peace. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us. If you liked it, uh, the stream, give us a thumbs up, uh, share it with your friends and family. Uh, and remember to get outside, get your feet in the soil, grow something. Uh, Mother Nature is the best healer and educator. Next week, we have Mitch, the Orgone uh, uh, mastered Orgone dealer dude. Uh, he is crushing it with Organite and is doing a mat is in doing a massive campaign to regreen the desert right now with Organite. I've been using some of his Organite around here and I'm seeing it working. So that's going to be a really fun show, Bear. It's going to be fun to go into that next week. I'm looking forward to that one. Okay, man. Well, hey, uh, everybody have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Cheers.